Welcome, welcome back to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Tuesday afternoon. And since it's Tuesday, you know it. It's time to talk about food and drinks with Andrew Dembina. Andrew, it's great to speak to you. How are you doing this week? Good, thank you. All the better for having a uh, rather good fish and chips lunch, I've got to say. Oh. Um, how are you, Laurie? Yeah, I'm very good. You're making me, make me um, envy, green with envy. Tell us about your fish and chips lunch. Well, um, I, it's, it, I, I saw it. I saw. I saw it was kind of part of a, a lunch set at. I, I'll, I'll say it, Marks and Spencers, and it looked pretty good. And I'm in the Marks and Spencers cafe as I speak. Um, and uh, look, here's the, here's the, that's the coffee on the saucer. And um, it's it was really really good. They, um, it, it was uh, it was cod. Um, it came with a soup that you could choose. Although I have to say asparagus soup something else that i haven't had for probably about 10 or more years sort of thing that my mum would have a few tins of in her uh, in a kitchen cupboard wow. had I, it i've never had asparagus flavor. yeah i've never had asparagus soup before yeah, yeah. cream of cream of asparagus it's, it's a bit like cream of mushroom yeah basically emphasis on the cream and not a lot of other ingredient flavor <laughs> can be can be cream of <laughs> like, anything really uh, yeah, yeah exactly you know, in, like like Cream of yeah, corn on. is what the Chinese oh, like to have. Indeed, you don't mm. see that on the M&S uh, menu. But yeah, it's popular in uh, uh, it's popular in Chantain, isn't it? It Sometimes is. Sometimes you can get you can get various soups. That'll be on it. In That'll fact, be on the you'll hot get it thing. on you'll get it also on the fish. Sometimes uh, I don't know if you've tried that very famous Chinese oh, yeah. dish. You know, um, fish fillet with a bit of corn yeah. soup, basically corn sauce, it, if you like. It, it, it is. It's like kind of uh, fish bites in batter, isn't it? Yeah. Um, which. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, that, that's, that's a kind of hybrid thing that was invented, a bit like the Chantang cuisine, really, I think. Bit of a mi- mixture there, isn't it? Yeah. Exactamondo. So what have you got for us uh, this week in terms of food news well, updates? Indeed. We left our last Tuesday uh, chat talking about an article by Forbes magazine that was published the week before, uh, in which the writer asked international food critics what are the coolest, the so-called coolest restaurants of 2021 across the world. Just 10 of them were picked. And uh, we, we, we spoke about that a bit, but we were just talking about a restaurant. I've sent you a few pictures before this phone call because we'd only just got to a restaurant that had to be reached by a very secretive door, which was only uh, half the size of a normal door, so you had to kind of hunch to get in. Uh, but it was, but it's a two-star Michelin restaurant in uh, in a place called Kanazawa, which is on Honshu Island in Japan. And the the restaurant name is uh, Higashiyama uh, Wakon. Higashiyama Wakon. Uh, I don't think I've probably got that absolutely correct, but it's two-star in Japan. Um, if you look for something like that, you're bound to find it. <laughs> and uh, it, it was, it was um, by one of the um, food critics and television uh, food series makers that the writer um, got. Her name is Anne Abel, and she's been writing for over 10 years for uh, Forbes magazine about food. Um, she got one of the, her writers um, to say that, well, he picked, one of his picks was that that restaurant that I just mentioned was um, really just a haven of peace and quiet and really top cuisine. I sent you a picture of the food. Now, you look at those those wooden trays that that that, uh, that were presented there. That Amazing. does look quite phenomenal. It does. Yeah, on the left-hand side, yeah, on the left-hand side, there are baby sea urchins, a whole box of them. 
for one meal. I mean, that's the sort of thing that's that you see for about... That's pretty decadent. Yeah, it's like... It is. It's the kind of thing you see for about five, $600 on uh, Hong Kong dollars uh, just for that box on a uh, supermarket shelf in a place like City Super or something like that, isn't it? Uh, there's, there's all sorts of things going on there. Um, that, but that, that was one of the places that was a Michelin-star restaurant. But the whole idea of asking for these coolest restaurants was that some of them could be... As this one is a bit off the beaten path, so is the next one. The next one with the um, uh, unfortunate name, and I'll spell it, I'll spell it out first. It's K-O-K-S. So it's Cox, um, K-O-K-S, and it's on the Faroe Islands, which, uh, which is a string of Nordic islands. And I sent you some pictures of this, and these look like volcanic fragments. They're really jagged hills, um, very grassy. More sheep live there than people. There are five, uh, sorry, 50,000 people that live out throughout the Faroe Islands. And this is another two-star Michelin restaurant. Um, can you see a picture that I've sent you with what looks like, and in fact what was, a fishing, a, a fish drying shed with grass on the roof? So for fish that are caught in the Faroe Islands in uh, this Nordic archipelago, archipelago rather, uh, of islands, collection of islands, um, there is a tradition, of course, for fishing because they're surrounded by water, mm -hmm. these tiny dots of islands. But also, they dry fish rather like, um, like in Portuguese. Hong Kong. Like in Hong Kong or like in the European tradition, um, there's the balacao, which is the um, stuff that you can get, the dried cod in, in, in Macau. Yeah, but very much so oh, in, the, in, the, yeah. in the way of uh, preserving fish. Hong Kong, of course, with its um, fishing tradition, uh, pre-refrigerator days, like in the rest of the world, including uh, Nordic places, would dry fish to preserve it, as well as uh, as well as um, in the Nordic places, they're known for pickling it, doing other things to preserve it, pre-hundreds or thousands of years before refrigerators. Mm. But people who go to this place, and, the, and it was voted by one of the experts that the Forbes article talked about, um, said that it was uh, just the amazingly pristine uh, seafood that was served up without too much fuss. I think that I might have sent you a, a picture of a dish which is basically a sliver of cod on a plate of watercress. And it's, um, that is the balacao. They do still dry or semi-dry the, the, the cod and other fish around the Nordic islands. And then... Um, they'll they'll put it in something which is very herby, herb, fresh herbs that are grown on the islands themselves. The restaurant um, got its Michelin stars really for using ingredients, local ingredients. Seaweed is used as well, which is kind of done in these places where they, where they don't have the chance or didn't to import vegetables years ago. So, yeah. Um, that's that's another one. Can you see that stunning scenery, though? I can. It's really, oh, yeah. It just, looks amazing. Looks it like does. I mean, it, it, it gets us all itchy feet about traveling. Traveling, yeah. That's what I was say. <laughs> Remember that word, travel? Yeah. So, um, okay. So uh, that's that's the Forbes article done and dusted because we talked about a couple of others last week. Um, zipping over to the Middle East for my next report, which is about a serious attempt for so-called superworms. Yeah, you heard me right. Worms, super worms, to become 
a new superfood. Oh, I saw and that picture was, you sent me, and I was just wondering what the what are yeah, you going to be talking yeah. about? I thought it'd be to Did, feed animals, but there's no. This yeah, is for us, or for, bait, for humans. Bait. Yeah, bait for fishing or sure, something. Yeah, sure. but um, it, it's a story that has its um, that, that comes from Kuwait, um, and it was from a couple of weeks ago now, uh, put out by the uh, agent Agence France Press AFP, um, because they came across a Kuwaiti businessman whose name is Jassem Bababas, and he spent years breeding what he calls superworms for animal feed originally. As you say, they were to feed animals, so well sleuthed. But he now has hopes that the creatures are going to find their ways, uh, their way onto the menus or onto the diets of his neighbouring Arabian Gulf citizens because they contain so much protein. So what he's trying to do, um, as well as continuing to supply worms for animal feed is to feed them other components such as bran and other types of um, uh, flour and wheat that will give them even more protein and nutrients. So in a dark, deliberately... It keeps the worms like um, uh, in... Well, they're, sorry, I should say, first of all, they're from a type of beetle. These, these, these worms will grow, if they're left alone, into a darkling beetle. And darkling beetle is the family name for a lot of high-protein large beetles which are eaten in different countries around the world, either in their worm form before they become fully-fledged beetles or in their beetle form in Southeast Asia and Africa and other places. But he's farming them. So he's keeping them in transparent boxes, each on a bed of, uh, as I say, bran or different types of flour. <clears throat> Sorry, including corn flour, which is uh, particularly uh, good for them to digest and keeps their high protein levels as they should be. So you can see a picture that I've sent to you. I've sent Noreen a picture of what looks like, um, well, transparent dishes i think they're plastic with breathing holes on the top and there's one worm in each of those and they are really sometimes he will put two together um of, of opposite gender to mate but otherwise he's growing them and farming them each in their own little box he says my ambition is for worms to be a successful alternative food for humans well yeah that's what he's trying to do but but as i said um, they are already eaten by places around the globe with an estimated 1,000 species of the same darkling beetle family appearing in the diets of about 2 billion people in Latin America, Asia and Africa. Hmm. So, um, yeah, uh, apart from uh, in uh, um, traditional diets that I just mentioned, around the world, though, there has been a growing interest in this, a really slow one, um, and also... There have been mixtures of these mealworms with crickets to make smoothies or to be a part of a smoothie. Other, other ingredients will be added as well, but as a big part of the protein, to have a protein smoothie or shake. Um, so, that, yeah, there's a, there's a food trend in some of the biggest capitals in the world now. So Mealworm smoothies, what, what, cricket yeah, smoothies. Yeah. Oh, and, it, and it, it's, it's just so gross. Yeah, it does sound a bit stomach-churning, doesn't it? 
but um, but they, but I they wouldn't have even been... have it as a garnish on my salad, let alone like mashed up crickets <laughs> to drink to in like a milkshake to... form. That sounds really well, disgusting. What look, would it even uh, taste I'll... like? Think like of it, think, wood chips. Well, that's, that's, that's a good know. question. Like, what would it taste like? But 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 the visual thing alone, I think the worst thing you could do <laughs> would be to have it as garnish. Imagine having whatever other exquisitely plated uh, meal of food, and then just putting a worm garnish on the top. You might think, <laughs> well, how did that get there? That's <laughs> art. That's <laughs> yeah, art. And, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm so. I mean, I, I can understand why people think it's like a big source of protein, and you know, and and mm. it's definitely. Um, for, for people to like not eat so much meat, which is great for the planet, great for the animals, of course. Um, at the same yeah. time, perhaps it's just time you go plant based and and you just don't even have that sort of meat substitute. You know, don't have insects, just eat vegetables. <laughs> you know, veggies, could, are, yeah, veggies are yummy. Than, rather, yes, rather than something that's a living form. That is a good point. So that that that, that is yeah. another way of thinking about it. I don't but know. I think it's. I think some of the, the countries that I've mentioned certainly. In um, uh, south, some parts of Southeast Asia and Africa, it is also because they can't afford meat. To be frank, mm. they, they, the, the mealworms and the beetles can be caught easily and relatively cheaply. Uh, however, you know, I was saying how it's caught on in some places. In May, so just last month, the European Commission approved dried mealworms, which are um, for, which are designed, you know, which are being harvested and then dried for human consumption after the, um, you know, the 27-nation uh, block food watchdog said that they were safe to eat after lots of testing. So they've now got the go-aheads. Expect to certainly be seeing them around when you ever get the next chance to go to Europe because they've just been approved to be included in, uh, um, in foods and also it means that these very slowly growing uh, insect farming industry in Europe will be given a kick or a big thumbs up and probably that will ignite a bit further. So mm. um, before the um, before the businessman uh, Bababas travelled to Thailand um, a couple of years ago, um, he was a bit sceptical, as, as, as you know, as you said, you would be. Do you think they would ever take off in, in Hong Kong? Yeah. Do you think that would be Yeah, I don't know. I, I think maybe I spoke to Russia. Yeah, I, th I think you mentioned a good point just now. It's probably in, in under sort of uh, economically developed nations where this is a, a good meat substitute. Yeah, I don't, mm. yeah, I, I don't, I hadn't thought of it like that. But I, I, I yeah, I don't know if they'll take off in a place like, like Hong Kong. Maybe it can be quite trendy. Um, it could be, especially if they're, if they're blended up and basically dust. Which is how they would appear. You yeah. know, it's like um, it's like when people eat burgers; they're not seeing the slab of meat, are they? Yeah. It's, um, or they're not seeing the live animal. They're not yeah. recognizing it in its form. So, if it's ground into smoothies, perhaps perhaps it will be more palatable. We'll have to see. One interesting thing, though, the AFP interview that I mentioned uh, this originally came from. Um, they, they asked him uh, what 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 the mealworms taste like, and he said he didn't know. He's never tried them. <laughs> That's not a vote of confidence, is it? If he's if he's uh, actually, you know, going into making it the next superfood. There you go. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's an interesting and unusual story. Um, talking of um, unusual food stories, um, I came across one also in mainland China recently. The Cyberspace Administration of China um, took a, a keen interest on one particular pop, or fan, well, popular fan club that was online 
that was creating a bit of chaos recently. And this will refer to another picture that's a bit hazy that I've sent you, which is a still from a video. Um, the, uh, just as a point of interest, the fan economy, which is people who are uh, spending money online and logging and signing up for, um, for fan sites of TV programs, of uh, bands and all other areas of mostly of young or youthful culture in China, but, but adult as well is worth an estimated um, 100 billion renminbi, uh, or it was mm. in, two, in, in 2020. So it's a really sizable power. But uh, where's the food and drinks connection? I'll get on to that. In a recent reality show on a channel in China that's a bit like Netflix, it's called IQ um, IYI. Have you heard of that? It's, uh, no. No, nor had I but it's a, apparently it's a Chinese Netflix-like portal. They were showing a hugely popular program, a reality show called Youth with U3, and it set out to create a new boy band that had to be of three singers. And uh, the show was sponsored by a giant in the Chinese dairy industry, um, Meng Niu, who have been selling products here too for years. Do you know that one, Meng Niu? They, they, they sell kind of various uh, uh, milks and yogurt drinks, things like that. Um, fans of the show could get extra votes for their idols by scanning QR codes that were inside the cap. You had to open a bottle of milk or milk drink to get a code that you could scan, a QR code, and you'd get an extra vote for your idols who were from this boy band, uh, which was a weekly... Um, online broadcast of a program that people were going mad about, being equivalent of uh, a pop idol or, um, you know, China's Got Talent, let's say, or something like that. And um, so it was designed to drive things upwards, and that it did. Fans went crazy, and they just were buying and buying milk products from this big sponsor and opening the caps and pouring the stuff down the drain. And they were doing it to in such high numbers that so much milk was wasted and lots oh. of video and photographs were taken of this and put on social media. Yeah. Not, to, not, not to show the waste, but to show how people were going to these great lengths to be able to vote for their favourite boy band. So the result was that the contest got cancelled last month because Beijing's radio and TV bureau um, caught wind of this and says that the... Uh, you know, that this waste was unacceptable. Yeah, because so the, the mainland government is really cracking down on, on, yes, on, on food yes. wastage. And yeah, I think it, a number of YouTube channels with people sort of eating <coughs> lots of food um, mm. have also been sort of clamped That's down. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was with um, great carelessness knowing this, I think, that, uh, that, that people were just literally in big numbers pouring stuff down the drain. I, I, the picture that I've sent Noreen shows people around a makeshift counter or table. And they're people of all ages. There's some middle-aged, there's balding guys there who are opening lots of yoghurt drinks and, and pouring them down. I just sent you one screen grab of a, just a video that was a few seconds long. And, um, yeah, there was a Xinhua news agency editorial saying that the uh, scene depicted in this particular video was disrespecting labour and mm. showing a contempt for that law that you mentioned. Yeah. So that couldn't uh, that couldn't really go on. So um, I don't a really quick one. Have I got about a minute to, yeah. to go, go on something go for else? It. Yep, yeah, go for it. Okay, 
Okay, so finally, I just wanted to mention, it's June, as we know, and uh, one week ago, or more in fact, uh, press releases on behalf of restaurants about their mooncakes started coming into my inbox. So I'm mentioning this as a little window <laughs> into the life of someone who does still... I used to write a lot more about food than I do now, but I, used to, but I still do write some magazines about food and drink, and that's why I'm on the list of bakeries, restaurants and hotels about their um, mooncake offerings for Mid-Awesome Festival, which I looked up this year will be 21st of September. Seems like a, it just hit me by surprise when they suddenly started coming in about just over a week ago. And um, the reason for this, of course, is that for radio, we don't need to have such a big lead time to talk about things that are happening in food and drink. Um, in fact, I try and be up to date as possible with a lot of my reports of things so they're not much more than a week or two old because, uh, you know, we can react to things quickly in radio. But uh, when it's a magazine, they sometimes need a lead time of one or two months. But um, so I'm, I'm learning about what the trends are, uh, are looking like at the moment. So I'll, uh, I'll keep them under wraps because it's so far away from Mid Awesome Festival. Ooh, so I won't be reporting on any then, of that. Hopefully by then we'll <laughs> be able to see each other in person um, and perhaps even have some mooncake tasting like we used yes. to. <laughs> when is the last time we did that? It's a few years ago now. Yeah, we need to do that. Exactly. Yeah. Right, Andrew, always a pleasure to have you on the programme. Thank you so much for your sharing, and I look forward Thanks to more much. chats with you uh, later on the week. Thank you very much indeed. Okay, thanks, Noreen. Speak Bye. to you soon. Have a good afternoon. You Bye. Too.